And good morning, NASCAR fans. Welcome to Green White Checkered here on ESPN Radio. PJ Zuko, Brandon Bain here with you once again, getting set for another great race day here in Southeast Georgia. Looking forward to a new track on the schedule later today. Worldwide Technology Raceway, uh, the Cup Series is visiting today for the Enjoy Illinois 300. Now, you might know this track is Gateway Motorsport Park or Gateway International Raceway, as it's been named in the past. Xfinity Series has raced there before. Truck Series has raced there before. But the first time for the NASCAR Cup Series there at Worldwide Technology Speedway. And can't wait uh, for that race later today. But, of course, before we get to that, Brandon, we got some catching up to do, man. It's been a few weeks since we've been able to get on the air uh, for, you know, health reasons, some different uh, things uh, with with me going on. So appreciate your patience, NASCAR fans, and great to be back here with you on Green White Checkered. But as we said, got some catching up to do, have not been able to react to some races, and let's go all the way back, man, to Kansas. Kurt Busch leading over 140 laps, dominating in that number 45 car and bringing it to victory lane in the first time it was sponsored uh, by the Jordan brand. But uh, he was able to bring that number 45 to victory lane after a dominant run there by Kurt Busch and company. Man, what a run for Kurt Busch and what a win for the 45 team and uh, 2311 racing as well. Yeah, PJ, glad to be back on, brother. And, uh, yeah, I tell you what, man, that that was probably one of the most dominating race cars we've seen all year. You know, it's something that we, we really haven't seen yet with the next gen. It seems like, you know, guys are good earlier. They get out front and lose a little track position and multiple leaders, uh, you know, leading right around about the same amount of laps. So to see a guy, uh, you know, get a, get a car and get it rolling the way that Kurt Busch did there at Kansas, I mean, that was really, really pretty neat. Uh, you know, like I said, first dominating, really, performance of the year. And uh, what a better paint scheme to do it than that jump man throwback to Jordan. I mean, I think that that's absolutely awesome. That was probably one of the coolest paint schemes that I've seen uh, you know, through, throughout the season so far. But, yeah, I mean, dominating performance there, and, I mean, he earned it. You know, he fell back there later on in the race and had to come back up and get it, um, you know, beating out Kyle Larson there and passing a couple other guys, uh, his brother included. So, uh, you know, there again, you said it. It's not like he, uh, you know, kind of lucked into it, if you will, or, or backed into it, as Kyle Bush likes to say. But, uh, no, I mean, he, he had a great race car, put himself in the position with the track position, and pit crew was on it all day and, and just had a rocket ship, man. So, uh, you know, and, and another piece of history there, I think that was his, uh, let's see, fifth win with a different team. So a win for mm-hmm. five different teams throughout his career and, and four different manufacturers. So um, Kurt Busch is a, is a jack-of-all-trades there. I mean, it it, it kind of helps cement a legacy for him as well. You know, NASCAR champion, I, I definitely think he's worthy of the Hall of Fame with, with some of the people that's been voted in before him. So, uh, you know, just, just another thing to add on to that resume of, you know, what Kurt Busch has done throughout his career in the sport. So, uh, you know, really like the way he's grown as a driver, and I tell you, I think as a team um, outside of track house and we said we've seen them win with Frost Chastain but outside of that I, I was really waiting on them to to get that win I mean when you hire a guy of Kurt Busch's pedigree you know a former NASCAR champion and and what he brings to the table I thought track house kind of made a little flip there by letting them go uh, just from the experience aspect uh, you know not only in the race car but off the track and in the shop so uh, really nice to see 2311 come home with that first victory I mean nobody can take that away from Kurt Busch and uh, what an awesome time to see that 45 back in victory lane as well Uh, you know we all know the history of the 45 being Adam 
Petty's number. So I think that kind of pays, uh, you know, big respect, mad respect out there to the Petty family. And uh, just seeing that car back in Victory Lane was awesome for sure. Yeah, man, love that you mentioned that with, with Kyle Petty and Adam Petty as well. Obviously, Kyle Petty running so many races in that 45 car, but really it being Adam Petty's car uh, before he so tragically passed away in that 45. So incredible to see that uh, just for everybody in the Petty family, see that 45 car in victory lane there with Kurt Busch uh, there at Kansas. But so many different angles uh, for him and so good for, for him to be able to get this race. Like, like you said, kind of refreshing, right? We haven't seen an extremely dominant victory so far throughout the year. And for it to be a guy like Kurt Busch to be able to do that, I thought was really great. Uh, like we said, no, no one's no one here is going to criticize, quote unquote, backing into a win. No one's going to call it that here, like Kyle Busch does. Uh, if you win a race, you win a race, and uh, I know me and you, man, we're, we're going to appreciate that no matter what. But no, it was great to see. I think twenty three eleven racing and Kurt Busch be able to go out there and just dominate a race. Uh, I thought that was great, and not only that, but to see him also come back. So many times we've seen a, a dominating car or a car deserving of winning uh, get trapped on pit road or something like that and, and not win the race. And Kurt Busch did that, right? He, he came out not with the lead there after the last pit stop, cycled back to third on the restart and had Kyle Busch and Kyle Larson in front of him, was able to get past both of them to get the win and earned it, man, earned it the hard way. And uh, what a great win there for C Kurt Busch and company and all the different factors, like you said, historical factors of that victory for him. Also, punched his ticket to the playoffs here for 2022 as well. But, uh, Brandon, we move on. we got a couple races at, at Charlotte to talk about. First, the All-Star race uh, there a few weeks ago. First of all, I thought the qualifying for the All-Star race was really, really cool with that kind of tournament, tor tournament bracket um, duel there on pit road coming out of pit lane after the pit stop and then racing back uh, to the start finish line. I thought that was really, really cool and a great way to do qualifying. Of course, the open was very exciting as well. And then you have the all-star race and caution gate, window net gate, whatever you want to call it. Uh, the caution coming out maybe 15 or 20 feet before Ryan Blaney uh, hit the checkered flag there and hit the finish line there on the last lap and puts his window net down, tries to get it back up, apparently does get it back up, but not all the way. Uh, Denny Hamlin was arguing uh, about safety precautions and how he should have been, um, you know, disqualified and or brought down pit road and tail end of the longest line or something like that. So just a lot of different things going on there on, on that final lap and on that final restart. Uh, but, Brandon, your thoughts on that matter uh, on the All-Star race as a whole and, and just that weekend uh, there for All-Star weekend? Yeah, I tell you, PJ, I mean, uh, if you watch the All-Star race, I mean, like you said, it was an awesome open. I mean, those guys went after it, you know, and, and getting those transfer spots with, with Busher and, uh, you know, Ricky Stenhouse and Daniel Suarez. Uh, but then the all-star race itself was awesome. Uh, not not only, you know, the qualifying format, I think that's really neat, adds a little different perspective for the fans and, uh, you know, really gets to showcase what those teams can do as far as, you know, on pit road and, and drivers getting off and, and, you know, how Texas is. They're, they're always going to put on a great show uh, regardless, I think, where the all-star race is. Now, the one thing I will say before we get into it real heavy is there's a lot of talks of people wanting to see that all-star race rotate. Um, and me and you have talked about this numerous times on 
green, white, checkered, and the fact that I, I'm down with it. I'm, I'll take it a step further. I'm down with some of those, uh, you know, playoff races rotating every couple of years and the championship rotating. But, uh, you know, we'll, we'll get into that down the road here later on in the season. But, um, yeah, when we talk about caution gate, you know, we've talked about it for years of fan and cautions, right? Like, you know, the race is strung out back in our day watching it. You know, you got a guy with a seven-second lead out there in second place is four seconds ahead of third. And, and all of a sudden there's a caution for debris and TV cameras are looking for it. Nobody can find debris. And uh, it comes out, it's, you know, a tear off off somebody's windshield, but it looked ref- reflective. So we throw a caution. And, um, you know, I've, I've kind of always had NASCAR's back on it going, hey, look, you know, it's, it's their sport. It's their game. You know, they can throw the caution when they want. Now, this what happened to Ryan Blaney in that all-star race was probably the biggest manipulation of a race and a caution that I've ever seen and throughout my 30, 30 years of watching the sport. So um, it's definitely something that gave, I feel like gave NASCAR a little bit of a black eye for a couple of weeks there. I don't agree with it. I mean, Ryan Blaney was dominant throughout that whole race. Nobody really could even compare to what his car was able to do. Um, so, I mean, he had it wrapped up either way, you know, and, and when you go back and look and, you know, Ricky Stenhouse getting in the wall and two cars are behind them and they waited so long to throw the caution and then they wait, when they throw it, it, they waited another two, three minutes before they decided, okay, it, it's not over, it's not official, we're going to rack them back up. And, um, you know, had that race ended any other way and Ryan Blaney not winning that, I would have been pretty upset. Um, I, I was still a little upset about it, but, um, at the end of the day, he, he was the best car and he got the million dollars. Now with the window net, I'm kind of in between a little bit of Denny Hamlin and what's right. You know, I, what's morally right. I feel like, so, um, you know, you said it earlier being, you know, 20 feet away from the finish line and, and you light up a caution. He can't see, you know, he's asking, Hey, did I win? Is it over? I won. Um, so he drops the window net. Uh, you know, there again, I, I get Denny Hamlin's point. The rule book states what the rules are. You know, the window net's got to be affixed. It can't be manipulated by Velcro or other than one piece of tape holding the latch. And it's got to be a, basically an inch all the way around that window, tight and secure. And we know it wasn't. So I think NASCAR could have handled it a little bit better in the aspect they could have brought Ryan Blaney down pit road, gave him that opportunity to fix the window net, not lose any positions and go out and restart that race. I think there again, that would have taken the safety to another level, which we, we preach big on in NASCAR. Um, you know, God forbid if there would have been an accident with him and, and he did spin out and flip over, um, you know, maybe that could have been a lawsuit or an injury or, or who knows, but it didn't happen. But at the end of the day, I'm with Denny Hamlin on that. Now we all know how Denny is. I'm sure he wanted a million dollars as well. And, and I understand, and the rules are the rules, but um, if NASCAR would have never thrown the caution to begin with, we, we would never even be talking about the window net. So um, I'm just going to let that one go, and, and hopefully NASCAR as a whole will, um, you know, amend those rules saying, you know, if a late caution does come out, this is what happens, or we're going to stick by what we say moving forward, and if you drop that window net early, it's a black flag, and you've got to come in and fix it. So, um, you know, we're past it now. We're going to see where they go moving forward. I think that's the bigger thing other than where we're coming from, but uh, what a huge win right there for Ryan Blaney in that 12, and, and like I said, winning a million dollars there at uh, Texas isn't a bad thing either. Yeah, yeah, that was that was incredible as well. Obviously, also miss, misspoke there. Not a Charlotte at Texas, obviously, for for the All-Star race. Just so used to it being in Charlotte for so long, and uh, of course, it, it kind of having the, the same structural racetrack uh, there, so my fault, Texas. But at the same time, I'm I'm right there with you. I'm kind of right in between the two. You know, it shouldn't have been a problem in the first place because there shouldn't have been a caution. Uh, but you know, it, it is there for safety. It is there for a rule. Now, I think if if they would have said the the one thing I heard is maybe 
since NASCAR did call that caution and absolutely should not have, maybe you let him come down. It's also an all-star race, right? It's an exhibition race. It's not a points-paying race. You have him come down pit road, make sure the crew gets that window net up properly, and then you give him a spot back when, when, when he goes out on the racetrack. I just think that's that's probably the most fair thing that should have happened. Um, and, and, you know, if, if Denny Hamlin wanted to be mad about that after the fact, then even then, then he can do that. That's that's fine. But I think it's different as a, in an exhibition race if they were to do that. But they didn't do that. They they let him try and fix it himself. He, he kind of did, and they ended up going on and winning the race. So, you know, it is what it is. Like you said, we're past it now. Hopefully if something like that happens again, we'll have a little bit more uh, clarity of what needs to happen. Then again, should have never happened in the first place. That was an absolutely egregious and ridiculous uh, caution call, and I'm right, right there with you on that. Uh, that was NASCAR looking for a caution and wanting a caution and wanting any excuse. I think even Mike Joy barely stopped short of saying that, of, of saying, you know, this, this is ridiculous. It, this should have never happened. It is what it is, but uh, should, should never happen, and I'm, I'm right there with you on that. Ryan Blaney, congratulations to them for sure, being able to go out there and, and win in Texas, get that million dollars, and come home with the all-star race victory. Now, the race that was at Charlotte was a Coca-Cola 600 last weekend. We'll come back, talk about that, talk about how Denny Hamlin was able to find his way after 600 miles, hold off his teammate, and grab the victory there at the Coca-Cola 600. And welcome back. It's Green White Checkered here on ESPN Radio. PJ Zuko, Brandon Bain here with you. Remember Brandon Bain at Coach's Corner every Wednesday night there at 6 for Rubbing and Grubbing. Get you caught up on the NASCAR news throughout the week and get you ready for the NASCAR weekend. Also, you can have a great bite to eat there at Coach's Corner. Great drinks and the entertainment, of course. And if you can't make it to Coach's Corner, be sure to check it out on Coach's Corner Facebook live feed there every Wednesday night at 6 for rubbing and grubbing there with Brandon Bain. But Brandon, Coca-Cola 600 there last Sunday and uh, the longest day in motorsports. You have the Indy 500, the morning races as well. But then, of course, the Coca-Cola 600 as the nightcap. And I, I believe one of the most entertaining for sure, but I believe the, the longest time-wise Coca-Cola 600 as well as it was an absolute gauntlet. You had plenty of wrecks, plenty of side-by-side racing as well. Kind of craziness all around. Ross Chastain leading over 150 laps, not getting the win. Daniel Suarez leading several laps, coming home 25th. Chase Elliott leading at 86 laps. He comes home 33rd. So who was it? It was Denny Hamlin, the pole sitter, holding off Kyle Busch there to win the Coca-Cola 600 and escape the gauntlet last Sunday night. What a race that was. Yeah, what a, I mean, that was probably one of the best 600s I've seen in, in my lifetime, for sure. Definitely in the in the newer age of NASCAR. I mean, that was exciting. I think that uh, NASCAR and Goodyear did a great job bringing an awesome tire there um, to where we would see some wear. And, um, you know, if you were going to run it past kind of that, that wear point, you, you kind of paid a little bit of a penalty with the, with the flat or whatever it may be, a little blistering and different things. So, um, But, you know, the, the 600 is, is one of those crown jewels, and it, it was awesome to see Denny finally lock that last one into that crown. You know, he'd, he'd been – 
waiting to get that one for a while throughout his career. And, and you know, I mean, it, it was awesome. And, yeah, uh, you alluded to it. I think it was the second longest ever time-wise. I think the the inaugural uh, 600 back in the 60s lasted six hours and some change. Uh, but that was the longest 600 distance-wise. It went 619 of about 620 miles over that double overtime, you know, double uh, green-white checkered. So uh, just an awesome race. A lot of stuff to come through. I mean, we saw Chris Busher go for a ride. We, we finally, uh, not in a good way, but, you know, finally got to see one of these next-gen cars and the safety aspect of one rolling over a few times. Um, and just an awesome race. I mean, you alluded to it. Uh, Trackhouse racing seemed to be the, the cream of the crop, if you will, there for a while. And uh, Daniel Suarez, I tell you, probably had the best car all around uh, raceability on the track throughout everybody all night. And uh, they, they led the most laps there. Uh, Kyle Busch looked dominant for a while. Uh, just so many guys that, you know, got out front. And uh, let's not forget about Kyle Larson, the crazy day he had, you know, uh, spun it out and a few pit road penalties there before the first 200 laps of the race. And probably one of the most epic, uh, you know, halftime speeches, I guess, if you will, from Cliff Daniels as crew chief, you know, basically telling him, look, we've, we've caught on fire. We've spun it out. We've had three penalties, four penalties on pit road. There's nothing much more that can happen, and we're still here. And to watch that team re- rebound and come back and uh you know look like they have a shot there towards the end uh i mean it that was an awesome performance so uh you know for all the folks out there that are kind of knocking this this next gen car and and not giving it the respect i tell you what from a fan's point of view and somebody that's watched multiple generations of race cars throughout my time uh mile and a half programs on this next gen car to die for i mean a lot of passing some of the most passing i think i've ever seen at charlotte uh just back and forth racing and you watch guys get huge huge runs and you know blow by guys and then the next set of turns the guy come back and fight him for that position so um, I think NASCAR is definitely headed in the right direction with this next gen and uh, I tell you that that race at Charlotte I really hope they don't change it's something that's kind of been in there again the NASCAR community for the past couple seasons of people talking about how long the races are and um, you know this and that and, and there again, it adds that, that whole total team shop aspect to it. you got to bring really good equipment that's going to hold up for 600 miles running the RPMs they run, um, and, and the driver's going to be tested as well as the pit crew. So uh, I definitely love it. I think that it, they should definitely keep it. And I tell you what, if, if, if I could watch, you know, 36 races like that Coca-Cola 600. I take the Coca-Cola 600 36 times because it was an awesome event. Yeah, man, so many storylines coming out of that race. And how about one of the best ones being the race itself, being the track itself, and just how it raced as it should be, right? And uh, we'll we'll circle back to that in a second. But incredible uh, how that race played out and uh, what, you know, the Coca-Cola 600 just was able to provide with the style of racing that it had but yeah so many notable finishes and crazy things that happened there throughout the race how about some big finishes for tyler reddick he did a pass in the grass like a legit pass in the grass to come home sixth yeah chase briscoe in fourth kevin harvick uh kind of a rare if you look at the last year and a half or so kind of a rare top five top three there for kevin harvick in third kyle bush came home in second after i believe spinning out earlier in the race and love that you mentioned kyle larson and Cliff Daniels and that kind of pep talk situation they had at Midway thought that was incredible from those two guys. But yeah, huge win for Denny Hamlin, able to gain that momentum and really push that envelope and uh, win that race there at Coca-Cola 600. And now you look at you see where that momentum will take that team as uh, they've just kind of been waiting on one with how uh, they've been running and how their season has gone. So looking forward to seeing 
uh, what Denny Hamlin can do moving forward after this big win in the Coca-Cola 600, without a doubt. But as I was saying, to circle back to, again, the track itself and the car itself, and man, I thought the the tire, like you said, the tire that they brought was incredible. You didn't have a, a Lowe's mo- you didn't have an Indianapolis 2008 situation or anything like that with the tire wear, but it's a tire that, that wore down, and I thought that was great. But you know what? We've been talking for 15, 20 years, man, uh, about mile-and-a-half tracks being able to have you know, passing throughout the race consistently, being able to have side-by-side racing that didn't feel gimmicky. That was so huge. And this car, this package, has been able to provide that on mile-and-a-half tracks and not just any mile-and-a-half tracks, right? The Coca-Cola 600, to be honest with you, over the past 10 years or so, it's kind of been a snooze fest, right? You had Kyle Larson dominating, Kyle Busch dominating a few years ago, Martin Truex Jr. absolutely smoking the rest of the field at the Coca-Cola 600, and that's kind of what this race has turned into. Not anymore, not with this package, not with this car. That was one of the best, if not the best, race of the year. Absolutely incredible showing for this car and for the coca-cola 600 and i can't wait to see what they do next and what this car does on different tracks moving forward throughout the year so i'm right there with a huge jolt of momentum i think for the coca-cola 600 and this next gen car but we'll come back a new speedway for the next gen car that's worldwide technology raceway we'll come back here our thoughts on that and make our picks for the race later today, right here on Green White Checkered. And welcome back. It's Green White Checkered here on ESPN Radio. PJ Zuko, Brandon Bain here with you. Also, be sure to check out Brandon Bain rubbing and grubbing every Wednesday night at Coach's Corner there at six o'clock. Get you ready for the racing weekend there with rubbing and grubbing. Whether you can make it to Coach's Corner or check it out at the Coach's Corner Facebook Live feed there at six o'clock every Wednesday for rubbing and grubbing. But uh, Brandon, we got the Enjoy Illinois 300 coming up later today at Worldwide Technology Raceway. Of course, uh, again, I say it because, you know, I grew up with it being Gateway International Raceway or uh, Gateway Motorsports Park and had some of the Truck Series races there, had some uh, Xfinity races there as well. This is the first time, though, that the NASCAR Cup Series will come to Worldwide Technology Raceway. And uh, Brandon, just uh, I guess some of your thoughts on the track itself and what you've seen this weekend, and also of course, who should we be looking out for this week? Yeah, PJ. Before we uh, before we get into that, I do want to comment on the uh, the next gen and what we were just talking about as oh, far sure. as uh, you know the racing man. Uh, you know, when you look at it like this, I mean, we sold out Charlotte. That was over three hundred thousand folks in attendance there today. At Worldwide Technology is also sold out in the grandstands. And the finale at Phoenix is already sold out. So, um, you know, people might say what they want, but over the last three years, me and you have talked about it as well. We've watched this sport build that momentum back to where we were in those mid, late 90s and early 2000s. So uh, I think I think the, you know, the viewership and the support through the fans is speaking for itself. But uh, I'm kind of I'm kind of hurt today, uh, PJ, man. I'm, I'm headed up to my family's in southern Illinois, and it's not very far away from Worldwide Technology Raceway. It's about an hour and a half away, man. I tell you, if I would have uh, drove up yesterday, if I would have had the day off, I might be there today. If possible, but uh, I tell you what, it, it's kind of a very unique track in its own. It's it's kind of shaped like Darlington in a way, to where you have kind of two corners that are a little bit longer than the other end of the racetrack. Um, you know, nine and eleven degree banking, so it's not a very high bank racetrack. Uh, 
So it's kind of a fine mix between the shape of Darlington with the layout of like the banking of like a Phoenix and, and a Martinsville kind of in a way. So, um, you know, there again, it's a brand new racetrack. It's an, it's an unknown who, who really knows what's going to happen today. But uh, just off of seeing what I've seen this weekend, I tell you, I think it's going to be a really exciting, uh, exciting race. We've seen some guys kind of have some trouble with the handling and, and car setups. But uh, if you're looking at guys to definitely look out for today, I think a lot of them are going to be the normal players. Uh, you know, some of them have some experience there throughout their careers in trucks or Xfinity series. But, um, I mean, if you're looking for a guy, number one, I, I've got to take Kyle Busch again today. I tell you, over the last month, he's been extremely hot, extremely fast race cars. Uh, you know, we all know the pit crew is going to handle its own fastest in the sport right now. So, um, for a guy, I think that complains a lot about the way the next-gen car drives. Um, they're getting a grip on at least the way to set it up and what we're bringing to the racetrack. Now, the, the you know, finishes might not speak, but um, a guy that as good as Kyle Busch um, and, and definitely bringing race, fast race cars, I, he's got a potential to go out and win today. So I'll take him. Uh, number two for me, I look at a guy that's winless still this season, but there again over the last few weeks has had really fast race cars and uh, looked like in practice was turning some good times, and that's Ryan Blaney. So I'll take the 12 car of Blaney second for me. Uh, third, I got to look out. You got to take my boy Chase Elliott when you're talking about Phoenix and Martinsville, even though he's only got that one win at Phoenix. Uh, you know, if, if it races similar to there, I think he'll he'll eventually bring bring it and be up front. Uh, four for me is going to be Kyle Larson. I don't think you can leave him out of the top five at all at any racetrack we go to. Um, and, and, you know, I feel like the more seat time he gets and any, any time during the weekend, the better off he's going to be. And uh, last but not least, I tell you, this one is one I was up in arms about, and it's really kind of hard to pick. Um, but I look at a guy like Joey Logano. Practice times are really fast, ran 30-plus laps in that in that one practice session they had, and was very consistent. So uh, maybe not having the best starting position today, going to have to do a little bit of work to get up there. But I tell you what, at the end of the day, um, definitely going to be fast. And uh, dark horses, you know, I've been on this bandwagon for a few weeks now, and that's the 20 of Christopher Bell. I mean, coming home with a great finish there uh, in the Coca-Cola 600, fighting back, uh, you know, and, and just having speed there again over the last month. I think in the last five races, he's got three top fives and five top tens. So. Um, definitely on a good tear there for him. And another guy to look out for, I think a lot of folks are going to sleep on today, and that's going to be the 23 of Bubba Wallace. Uh, when you look out and you look at what Kurt Busch has done and the speed that he's maintained early in the weekend, and Bubba's kind of not hit on it quite yet, uh, I want to say he was like 14th in practice uh, overall, you know, but ran a good amount of laps. So I look for, you know, that 23 car, maybe not to go out and, and contend for that wind up front, but definitely maybe a top five or top seven today. Um, so definitely want to put that out there. And PJ, as always, it's a blast, brother. And thanks for having me on, man. And I can't wait to get this thing cranked up here later on at uh, Worldwide Technology, man. That's going to be an awesome race. Absolutely, man. I can't wait for it. And always appreciate your perspective and uh, just uh, your friendship here on the show. And uh, great to be back here with you after a few weeks off here on Green White Checkered. And thank you to the fans as well for being patient once again. But some great picks there, man. I'm going to go with you on some of them. Number one. Hit it right on the head. Kyle Busch, anytime we go to new tracks like this, I feel like uh, they're, they're one of the first ones to kind of uh, get a hold on them. And uh, he is also really solid at Phoenix Raceway and some of these tracks that are comparable uh, to Worldwide Technology Raceway as well. So give me Kyle Busch today. For number two, I'll go with Chase Elliott. Uh, incredible at Phoenix Raceway, especially over the past few years and uh, places like New Hampshire. Obviously won that championship race a few years ago 
at Phoenix. So let me go with Chase Elliott, number two. Number three, I'll go with Denny Hamlin coming off that momentum of the Coca-Cola 600 victory. And he's a guy that's been very good at places like New Hampshire and Phoenix also. Number four, you, you hit it right on the head. Kyle Larson, you can't not have him in the top five just with how good they are as a whole. Of course, he wins that race last year at Phoenix and is always solid and is always fighting for a, a win or a top five finish. So it'd be silly to not have him in the top five. Well, number five for me, I'll have Kevin Harvick. Yeah, Kevin Harvick kind of carrying over that momentum from last week. Also a driver that dominated Phoenix for a long time and also believe he has some experience at this track back when it was Gateway in the Xfinity series. So no, that was a long time ago, but old man Harvick might be able to use it, right? So uh, give me Kevin Harvick there, number five. And I know I like taking this guy as a dark horse, but I just really believe in his driving ability. And now starting to, to be even more so with the cars there with Eric Jones and that 43. So give me Eric Jones today to come out and have a solid showing maybe compete for a top 10. But for Brandon Bain, I am PJ Zuko. This has been Green White Checkered here on ESPN Radio. Hope you have a fantastic rest of your race day. Be sure to tune in to the Enjoy Illinois 300 at Worldwide Technology Raceway later today. Have a great one. Stay safe wherever you go and whatever you do. God bless.